0: Hello and welcome on The Barricades. I'm Bojan Stanislavski. I'm the host of this show. uh, And with me is Pat Byrne, a longstanding socialist activist, a fantastic analyst, and author of many articles and upcoming book on China. I want to... uh, to, for all of those who uh, who have not had yet the chance to see the previous segments of this particular release of the show, we're talking about Ukraine, we're talking about war in Ukraine, we're talking about the history of the events that led up to this uh, terrible situation, and we're also presenting uh, some important and I hope interesting uh, conclusions I want to thank Pat very much for being with us for those uh, five or six segments now. And in this final uh, uh, segment, I would like to invite Pat to discuss uh, the ways forward for uh, the Ukrainian people, for the Ukrainian government, for the Ukrainian state, because this is a topic criminally, uh, I would say, uh, well criminally untalked about in a sense that, uh, you know, many people focus on, and I, I can understand that, obviously, focus on, you know, the uh, the events on the front line, you know, the news that are coming from Ukraine or from the borders where the refugees are crossing them to various countries, most notably to Poland, like over uh, 350,000 of them have already crossed the border. By the way, I got to say that it's interesting to see how suddenly the Polish government has become so so hospital uh, towards uh, and and is displaying so much hospitality and and, and, uh, compassion and empathy for for those refugees. It wasn't the case. It wasn't quite the case when a couple of thousand uh, uh, Arabs and uh, Afghanis and uh, I think Kurds were trying to cross the border uh, some weeks ago, the polish Belarusian border, and... uh, you know, the Polish government back then decided to actually build a wall on the uh, uh, on, on the border, and there were clashes, and there were all kinds of atrocities occurring back then. Anyway, uh, this is uh, this is something that we're going to cover in a different show, pro- uh, probably. But Pat, like, okay, provided the difficulties that we discussed, uh, difficulties of the situation, the circumstances that we discussed over the last couple of segments. Please uh, tell us what is is is. Uh, Tell us something about, you know, the approach, the general approach that is lacking this element that is, you know, kind of proposing suggesting some ways forward like everybody says that if there is any way forward then it's like you know the all out war on Russia and you know Russia total defeat and stuff like that which to my mind to my mind again i don't know how the situation is going to unfold i've got no crystal ball here but i think yeah. it's a pure fantasy to to it's really pure fantasy to think that it's uh, it's a viable perspective that whatever the ukrainian army's morale is that they're going to defeat the russian army and i want to stress here you know, we we mentioned that in the previous segments, you know, about uh, the tactics of the Russian army and so on and so forth. I also want to add to that, that according to the observations, you know, my observations, totally subjective that I've made, trying to figure out the state of affairs on the ground is that the Russian army is not fighting with their top tier, so to say. I mean, Russian army, if it's known for anything, it's known not not only for its uh, for the quantities of people, okay, in there, but they're also known for uh, having, you know, very modern uh, equipment, weaponry, you know, technique, and so on and so forth. And from what I gather, judging by the footage that is being released in the Western media and the Russian media, they're actually fighting with, you know, I mean, they they carry out this operation, war, invasion, whatever, uh, with old equipment. Some of them, you know, from the break of the century or from the you know from the turn of the last century even uh and and it's it's not really that they they have they have thrown in you know the full <clears throat> might of the um uh, of their military force so uh anyway i this is just uh this is just for for the record uh pat why is no one talking about uh about a way forward why is no one even considering that as an important point that uh, should be made in the in the public sphere, especially in times of war.
1: Well, although although we've said that that Russia um, does have some uh, positive policies for Ukraine to address the you know the divisions within the country between the ethnic and uh, language divisions. Um, beyond that. <clears throat> Uh, I I don't think Russia has a a worked out solution to uh, take the country forward. And as as we said earlier, in in many ways, it's it's one group of right-wing oligarchs yeah. Fighting another right. Uh, uh, let me just
0: interject here that I suspect that the only, and but this is again a suspicion. Now I have no idea for sure, but I think that what they will try to do, what they might try to do when they uh, surround Kiev and all the rest of it, they might try to install something uh, like, w- well, not necessarily a puppet government, but some kind of government that's going to be favorable to them. In a sense that they're sure. going to be, they're going to try to revert the the coup from 2014. They're going to try to somehow, exactly, like yes. to some yeah. extent, do that. And this is probably, if there is any end game
1: here, I, I'm sure there is, then this could be. Well, I, I think I heard uh, Putin mention about referendums, mm. uh, which would indicate he's probably going to hold referendums in the. Uh, Russian-speaking population the Ukrainian-speaking population and, and create a, probably a federal structure for the country uh, with a lot of autonomy for the different um, uh, regions. But, mm-hmm. but so on that, on that side of things, I think that um, Russia has got a, a more positive, progressive um, position. Um, but beyond that, in terms of when it comes to the economy and so on, um, uh, I don't think Russia has a solution. <clears throat> the, the The other question, one other good thing that I think Russia will pursue, it will be um, uh, the, the question of making uh, Ukraine neutral. Um, hmm. <clears throat> now, for example, I I heard um, I heard a, 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 an American security expert on CNN last week talking uh, dismissively about you, surely that they're not proposing the Finlandization of of Ukraine. And I, I listened to that and I thought, what? What's wrong with a Finlandization? <laughs> in, in the Cold War, Finland was one of the most successful countries because it precisely stayed neutral. And, and it, became, it became very successful economically uh, with a pretty reasonable distribution of wealth. Um in any survey of world countries, Finland usually emerges near the top of the happiness index. Yeah. And yeah. What the And education wrong, and, and 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 what's wrong with Switzerland? Switzerland's neutral, and, and you know what I mean. Sweden. Well,
0: not anymore. And, they actually they, now they actually you know sanctioned okay, well, Russia too. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, okay, but but what I mean is is in terms of military. Yeah. Um. So you know it's um. Uh, this this idea that that this would be bad for uh, Ukraine. Why the hell would it be bad for them to not have to get no, involved? Because you in see, but U- that's that's exactly
0: the Western mindset. I mean, the only good thing is when you are with us and when you are managed by yeah. us and when you listen yeah. to us. This exactly. is something you know so unacceptable and so insulting, particularly to me as an Eastern European. You know, it's something. Ah, anyway, it's just. Uh, awful. I
1: mean, there was um. I, funnily enough, uh, Victor Gao, who's um, mm. who who speaks regularly on uh, Chinese media, uh, as a, and he's 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 basically um, you know quite a leading uh, Communist Party official in China. Um, he he uh, just a little quote he wrote, which I think sums up the Chinese attitude to this, which is and the Chinese don't support the invasion of Ukraine because th- that's not the way they they want to yeah, solve yeah. things. They take the long view because they think they're going to achieve all these things by uh, economic development and so on. Uh, So he said um, in an article last week, if I don't mind me quoting, he said, becoming, becoming neutral doesn't impinge on the sovereignty and territorial integrity of the country in question. On the contrary, neutral nations like Switzerland, Austria and Sweden are shining examples of the commitment to the protection of sovereignty and territorial integrity on the one hand, and a devotion to peace, stability, and development on the other. So that's the position that China is putting, arguing for, um, and that, that, um, that Ukraine should become a neutral country. Now, <clears throat> the trouble, the problem with this neutrality, uh, if you leave it at that, it doesn't work in the modern era. The reason, because Ukraine was neutral before 2014, but <clears throat> if you allow countries like America in particular, but any country, to come into your country and subvert it from within by financing politicians, parties, media, uh, so-called grassroots organizations in favor of democracy and human rights and all the rest of it, which is what America is doing, um, then you don't have have, um, your own sovereignty. You don't have neutrality. So one of the conditions that would have to be implied within Ukraine is to basically remove all foreign funding of organisations in the country, and prevent that. Not only that, I think that their policy of denazification is definitely necessary. Uh, I'm sorry, I, when it comes to Nazis, I, I don't have this. I don't follow this pacifist thing. It's like it's like you know the old argument where you're standing in front of your house and you've got a guy, an arsonist, standing outside the house with a flaming torch, saying, "Oh, can I come into your house?" And then you say, "Oh, certainly, sir." And then of course he comes in and burns your house down. I, I think that's ridiculous. The, the fascists don't believe in democracy and human rights and so on, and that we shouldn't give them any time. So I think we should suppress the Nazi organizations. I think that's definitely necessary, particularly given what's been happening. Yeah. Um, I think also um, uh, that we definitely need to have the, 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 uh, an autonomous, a federal autonomous system that fully respects the ethnic, religious, and language rights of so I haven't mentioned about religion, of course, mm. which has become a big issue as well, where they split the, the Orthodox Church and yeah. came to this, this Ukrainian church, you know. Um, <clears throat> I also think that we need, that the issues that happened in 2014 are important. And they're important to both sides about what really happened. And I think we need a, 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 a genuinely representative international commission to look at what happened in those events and to to establish whether that was a genuinely popular uprising or a manipulated coup which is what i think it was but you know and to determine who was responsible for the the sniper deaths i think mm. that's an important mm. part of the if you want to bring the people together after this this terrible experience of war you have to get you can't allow myths that not that are not true to continue you have to challenge them and bring out the truth <clears throat> more 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 on the long term, I think we need to Ukraine has to move away and has to turn away from neo, neoliberalism, has to stop privatization. and this is, this is wherever it is tried, this has just led to massive increase in inequality and growing poverty among the population, where oh, yeah. <coughs> the
0: Europeans know something. About know, that the, for the, sure. only,
1: the only way, the only way forward, and it's going to be particularly the case in a war-ravaged country like Ukraine's going to be that the, the state has to take the lead, the public sector has to take the lead in rebuilding the country. <clears throat> now, part of that, I think that that uh, Ukraine, which is already a member, uh, is already a partner in the Belt and Road Initiative, needs to get a lot of help from China to rebuild its infrastructure. <clears throat> um, and, I, and actually, um, uh, there's no need, there's no need to, we, we've got to move away from this, <clears throat> and it doesn't need to be an anti-EU, Situation. Um, I think that Ukraine can continue with its, you know, because Ukraine's got a kind of agreement with um, the EU now. So it's, going to, uh, it's not an association agreement, a bit like, a, I guess, a bit like um, Turkey's one, where they can have a customs yeah, exactly. free, customs free arrangement. And then, and then, what uh, Ukraine can do is it can act as a bridge between the Greater Eurasian Partnership and the European Union, uh, and it can actually be very successful. You know, I mean, the fact that the fact that uh, Ukraine makes a lot of money from the you know the gas that flows through it and the oil that flows through it uh, is a model for how it can be in the future if it's not manipulated. That's the point. I mean, ironically, one of the funny things is that <clears throat> that when they close down the you know the Nord Stream two pipeline, this is a bit irrelevant because if Russia is already going to co- control the the pipelines after yeah. this. It, or it's going to be a friendly government to Russia. Maybe the issue goes out the window anyway, and that. Um, and like, Ukraine... you know, and
0: provided that they, they have built already one pipeline to China, they're building another to Mongolia. You know, they have places where to sell their gas. In like, if the right. Europeans don't want to buy it, so yeah.
1: Now, <clears throat> here I here I come on to a, a longer term uh, approach, and I, I I don't have time to go into it here. But basically, I think um, <clears throat> we need a development strategy for Ukraine. And and to be based around uh, five main elements, democratic public planning, democratic public investment, democratic public innovation, uh, a democratic economy as a whole where uh, um, democratic public ownership plays the the leading role in terms of the commanding heights of the economy, but where you have uh, a big growth of cooperatives for the medium sector of the economy. And you can have small businesses will continue to uh, where people want to create them. For the smaller sector of economy, uh, to democratise the public services, and, and and as you implied by all of this, we need a new democratic model for all these public sector bodies, uh, government uh, institutions, and so on, and, and this to be based on genuine participation of all the sectors that are affected by these decisions. Now, <clears throat> this is a new model. This is, in a way, this is learning from the mistakes of the Soviet Union, which was this top-down uh, bureaucratic Model, which led to lots of inefficiencies and dislocations and problems in the economy and society. We need a a bottom-up model, um, but a practical one where you bring all the the workers and customers and other stakeholders, genuine stakeholders, into running, into genuine partnership, running the public sector. That's a very different um, kind of public sector than what we're used to. And I think this is the way forward for Ukraine, but of course, also the way it's the way forward for the uh, for Russia as well. I mean, one of the things we don't know with a war, you know, all sorts of strange things can happen in a war, as we know. So we can't be sure the outcome of this war, how it's going to all work out. I mean, one of the strange things is that if things go wrong in this war, it could actually lead to Putin's downfall, you know. Yeah. And that then opens up. What kind of new future government we're going to have in in Russia? So I think that uh, war war. Well, I, a,
0: I would guess that the West would would like to take their revenge. You know.
1: Well, yeah, they might like to take their revenge, but we're in a very different world situation now, um, yeah, where true. China China is um, the gorilla in the room and um, is uh, growing stronger every day, and it could be that China is likely to become uh, the strongest. Economy, the strongest military, political force on the planet in the next ten years or more, mm, mm. and China's strategy and uh, policies are dramatically different to the West's neoliberal imperialist um, approach. So there's all sorts of possibilities that are going to open up in this changing geopolitical future, uh, and uh, the, the West the West can't just do what they want to, uh, even mm. if even if Putin fell. Um, you still, the way that Russia is still a strong country, it's still got a mi- strong military. Um, yeah, and there are you know, many people, just, by in, the way,
0: there are many people there who you know, are even more hard than Putin, you know. When yeah, yeah, I
1: mean, really that was it. one of the ironies: is that Putin's talking about denazification in Ukraine. Well, uh, there's a lot of right-wing Nazi-type people in Russia as well, you know, so um, it's a problem. So that's why this is there are some good things that might come out of this, but overall the tragedy is that uh, as we know the the result of this war is going to be leave scars on the on the people which will take absolutely and so i'm long afraid to... you
0: know this is going to have tragic effects also for the region where i live i mean this is going to uh, this already is a wound that is going to be extremely mm-hmm. difficult to heal and it's going to take a lot a long long time before anyone could uh, you know before i don't know Polish, the polish and the russian or I don't know the Czech, the Czechs and the Russians could speak even, you know. I mean, what we're seeing right now is is totally unhinged. I mean, you know, I, I recently came across right before we came on camera, Russian students are being expelled from the Czech Republic. You know, this is this is like absolutely mm. ridiculous, okay? And uh, you know, the, the Polish left calling for absolutely inhumane sanctions on Russia right now, which are just going to strangle the population. I mean, I don't quite see how the oligarchs are going to suffer from this in yeah. any way. So, this is this is something that you know our <clears throat> region will 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 again be prevented from having any kind of agency, okay? Collective agency for mm. for decades to come.
1: Well, we, we don't know how long these things will last, but I mean, uh, you know, it, and that's why I say that you know these, these programmatic things for there is a way forward for Ukraine, but it didn't need a war to to yeah. advance yeah. these things. I mean, you know, I, I think that the, the 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 way the world is going was going in the right direction anyway. It didn't need this to be done in this way. Um, with all the consequences human consequences it's going to have but we have to look at also And also let us not forget mm-hmm.
0: here that this war has uh, immediately uh, has immediately put us in in in, in a situation of uh, you know uh, like increasing dramatically the danger of nuclear annihilation wow. i mean you know this mm-hmm. thing
1: Putin, uh, uh, you know, put it uh, That was crazy, wasn't it? A bit crazy. This, yeah, yeah. That was. What was uh, he thinking? I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I mean With this, but, but, there uh, is, but, it, but it, it's funny. He raises that. He raises that. We're back into a nuclear arms race, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, so, it's it's uh,
0: worse. It's worse than it was during the. Uh, like I feel that it's worse during the uh, missile Cuban cry uh, that the Cuban missile crisis. But yeah, uh, well, no, I don't want to speculate cost, about that. No, uh, I don't
1: think so because I think yeah. it actually did come to. And near a nuclear war, much worse than people realised it was. Actually. Well, I think. Oh, well, I, okay. Well,
0: I don't, yeah. okay, I don't so want to for example,
1: for an example, an example, uh, what was not known by the Americans was that there were smaller nuclear missiles. I can't remember the name, the the, the model name, that had that uh, quite a large quantity had been delivered to Cuba, had been assembled, but couldn't be seen from above. Um, and that, and that Fidel, that the Americans were planning to invade Cuba, uh, as part of this whole conflict, and they threatened the Russians with that, and uh, and uh, Fidel Castro had actually decided, and he's told, he told a lot of people about that since that he decided to fire off those missiles. Mm-hmm. So okay, so okay. And, then well, was, I, and then there was and then there was. For all I know, like, right? For near, all I was a near a that, miss situation in one of the submarines. The okay, submarine.
0: for, for all I know, is that that, that you know the, uh, the the president Kennedy was like when they, when he was discussing. Uh, I know that from sur- sources like historical sources is that he he clearly posed the question whether there is hundred percent certainty that you know no Russian nuclear missile would hit the United States soil, and the response from the generals was that there is no hundred percent certainty no, yeah, and this is when he said he said no, okay, so
1: we're calling it off like i mean yeah. that's that well they had
0: it in fact, when
1: Kennedy first went to his national he he, he told his aides after he got elected in sixty one uh, mm. you know he got elected sixty, but when he took office in sixty one he um he went to his first national security uh Agency meeting, you know, uh, but no, the NSC, probably, the National Security mm-hmm. Committee meeting. And he came out and he said to his aides, he said, these, these uh, armed forces, uh, leaders are mad because they had been apparently talking uh, about uh, a plan for 1963 for a, for a nuclear war with Russia. And they were pre- talking about their plan to prepare for it, including false flag, op- false flag bombings across America, which they blame on the Soviet Union. And they had calculated that they could lose up to I don't know what the figure was I don't know uh, thirty million people Americans, but it was a worthwhile it was a worthwhile sacrifice to defeat the Russians before the Russians had enough sufficient uh, nuclear missiles and sufficient ICBM technology to deliver them. <laughs>
0: Amazing! Amazing! So it, Amazing. You know, anyway, man. let us let us hope that okay, you know, nothing like this, uh, nothing like this occurs because, uh, like you know, whenever nuclear arms are involved, this basically puts a huge question mark uh, over the existence of civilization and humanity. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, well, on this uh, on this note, we're gonna end that uh, long and exhaustive session of sure. discussions about Ukraine. Pat, I want to thank you uh, in my own name, in the name of uh, Maria Cherna, my colleague here, who has not had the chance to be with us. Uh, and uh, also on the part of our viewers and listeners, I'm sure that uh, everybody is going to consider your comments and uh, suggestions and analysis. Very interesting. At least it was extremely interesting uh, for me to discuss with you. And, uh, you know, let us hope for the best. And in this situation, the best is the uh, resolution of the military Conflict of the war as soon as possible, with as little as possible death toll and as little as possible destruction. Thank you. uh, Thank you once again. And uh, I want to remind to the end that we have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash thebarricade. And all of you out there who consider our materials valuable, please go ahead and donate or make a monthly subscription if you... If you can, uh, that's going to be uh, a great support for us for independent journalism in Eastern Europe. Thank you very much and see you sometime later on the barricades. Thanks,
1: Boyan. <laughs>